When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3, Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise. C'est la mauvaise. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Monday, October 2nd. It is one minute past 10 o'clock. And here I am back in the podcast studios of the Sick Podcast. Uh, it was nice being one week in Florida and taking some time off, watching some hockey games, watching some soccer games, bringing you the Sick Podcast. A couple of times while I was down there talking Habs, bringing you the Sick Podcast CF Montreal talk a couple of times while I was down there talking CF Montreal, of course, but I am back home and got home late last night, early this morning, and happy to be back. I want to thank everyone over at the Ocean Sky Hotel and Resort for the tremendous hospitality that I received while I was down there. And once again, in case you missed it, it is on the Galt Ocean Drive, the very famous Galt Ocean Drive in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, basically, you are on the beach with all the amenities, terrific customer service, really, really love that place. And it's part of the Titan Group of Hotels and the real estate and uh, you have to stay there and listen it belongs to montrealers it belongs to um uh, jack sofer and mike uval and uh, it's a great great spot the location is just absolutely prime uh, speaking of prime the montreal canadians didn't look prime at one point in this hockey game when they were down by a score of three to one and they didn't look prime when they were down by a score of four to two but they definitely look prime in coming back four three four four and winning it in overtime what a hockey game it was for a preseason game, and I know a lot of people usually aren't crazy about preseason games, but this one was a good one, and this sick podcast will be a good one as well. I promise you that. It's brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by Playground, over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and playground casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal and brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bite at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. 
La Bita TV, embrace your true nature. Um, we will um, we will touch base with Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca uh, in about a minute or two. I think that Sammy and Yellow have sent them the link. We're waiting for him to log on. And I know that he had a chance to watch this game for sure. Eric was a collaborator all of last season on Monday nights and only took a couple of Monday nights off from the podcast when the Montreal Canadiens were playing and he had to absolutely cover the game. Uh, he is not in Toronto or was not in Toronto for this one. He was home in Montreal. I know he was watching. I see him here. He is here. Eric Engels, what's going on? And must it two more now again with the volume. Look at the guarda. Guarda do. Guarda. My guarda do. Guarda, guarda, guarda. Guarda qua. Passando andoni, voglio. Ma è possibile. He will join us in just a second. Actually, you know what? I, I, I feel like there's I feel like there's something missing. And I, I'm, you know what? I, I know what it is. I'm looking at my hair. It's all over the place. It's my spray bottle. My spray bottle's missing. Uh, Eric will join us uh, momentarily. Uh, but uh, before he does, I can tell you that the lines for tonight's hockey game was Suzuki in between Anderson on his right and Caulfield on his left. Doc had Slavkovsky on his right and RHP on his left. Monaghan was at center with Gallagher on his right and Tanner Pearson on his left. And Evans was on a fourth line with Yelonen on his right and uh, Emil Heineman on his left. On defense, Norlinder, Savard, Jackai, Kovacevic, Harris, and Logan Mayu in goal. It was Jake Allen. Uh, three goals in period number one. Norlander opened the scoring with a wrister that made its way through traffic. It was a great job by Sean Monahan in the offensive zone, who won the draw and so was able to get it back to Norlander. Monahan immediately goes to the net. At one point, it looked like he may have redirected it, but it actually went off a Toronto Maple Leaf. Gregor ties it at one off a wrister just about four minutes later, five minutes after that. Tavares 2-1, Toronto's up. Jake Allen at that point not looking very good uh, on that Gregor goal that tied it at one. I thought Tavares, who scored a second goal in this hockey game as well, was a little bit of a knuckleball. Allen seemed to be out of his net. We'll get to it in a second. Ty Domi on this one, it was a bang-bang play with Nylander in period number two. There's nothing that Jake Allen could have done on this one. Puts Toronto up by a score of 3-1, to one, but this was a very big goal in the hockey game. The goal by Kirby Doc, shorthanded, and Tanner Pearson does a good job of getting the puck in deep. He goes to the bench. Uh, Doc recovers the puck. He finds uh, Kovacevic, who then finds Monahan, who finds Doc. I don't know which pass was nicer, by the way. If Kovacevic's pass was nicer to Monahan or Monahan's pass was nicer to Doc, but the Canadians made it look easy. I mean, they look like the Harlem Globetrotters on that play, to be honest. And then, so that's it. They go back to the locker rooms, down a goal with a big goal, of course, shorthanded with 12 seconds left in period number two. Uh, regardless, Tavares gets the momentum back for Toronto, puts them up by a score of four to two. Also on a bang-bang play, receives a pass, and he one-times it. Kovacevic off a slapper is able to narrow that lead to 4-3. A couple of minutes after that, with uh, 41 seconds to go, in regulation, Suzuki to Doc. He finds Josh Anderson in the slot. Anderson has been looking fantastic so far in camp. His wrist shot was amazing. You, you can't shoot the puck better than that. He ties it at four. They go to overtime, and Marty St. Louis goes with Suzuki and Caulfield on in overtime. Why not? Pourquoi pas? That's the way to do it. 
And the Suzuki finds Caulfield, who takes a quick wrister in the slot. It goes off the post. Suzuki is able to um, jam home the rebound. And there you have it. The Montreal Canadiens win by a score of 5-4. to four. You see, I told everyone they could calm down after they lost on Saturday. I was reading on social media, Toronto didn't have anybody. We had everybody, and we lost anyway. It's preseason, man. It doesn't mean nothing. Uh, we got the green light. I think Eric's good to go now. Hello. The wind doesn't mean much either, does it? Here he is. Here he is. Okay, I hear you now. No, the wind doesn't mean much. I mean, the loss didn't mean much on Saturday night, Eric. And the wind, I don't think, means much tonight. It's just another preseason game. That's the way I look at it. Mind you, Marty St. Louis would probably say different. He's the coach. Uh, their standards are higher than mine. But I just think it's another preseason game. It's another preseason game, and that's the same kind of mentality you have to put into evaluating some of the veterans on the ice, too. Like, you know, Suzuki ends up with a goal and an assist. I I, I think it would be a pretty big stretch to say it was the best game he's ever played in his life. Um, but does it really matter? Not really. Like, the guys who really mattered in this game, if you're evaluating it from Montreal's end, are Mayu, Norlinder. Heineman and Yelonen and a couple of them did pretty well and a couple of them didn't and that's that's kind of the big story that I take out of this one yeah so who did you like tonight well Norlander to start I mean I like the confidence that he's playing with I think the biggest difference in his game and I said that him and William Trudeau were the two most improved players from last year to this year and I think a, a lot of Canadians fans and media would probably agree with that I'm not sure who they'd give the specific edge to but we know where Trudeau is now and, and where he'll probably be in the future is in the NHL. Uh, and I don't even think it's a stretch to say he'll play some NHL games this year. But the big difference for me with Norlander is this guy, when we last saw him in Montreal, didn't realize to what extent he couldn't just allow his hockey sense to guide him through the game. Uh -huh. um, it wasn't a question of how he was competing. He he competes hard every player trying to make an NHL team is competing hard. He just wasn't moving his feet nearly as much as you need to in order to be able to get to the game that would allow him to have success. And I see his feet moving all over the ice and all of a sudden the opportunities are opening up for him and he scores a goal in the first period. And, you know, it's a bank shot, whatever it is, but good things happen when you throw the puck to the net. I like the way he managed the top of the power play, though, uh, the, the confidence with which he executed plays. And he made a big play to keep a play alive uh, as the Canadians were searching to tie the game. And sure enough, a couple seconds later, Josh Anderson did exactly that. So love his game tonight. That's a it's a big step for yeah. him. I don't know what it means. There will be people who say like immediately, OK, he's got to be on the roster. Like, yeah, take it, take it down a notch. Let's let's see what happens the next time he gets out. There's got to be some consistency from, from game to game, practice to practice, yeah. but he looks so much better than he did a year ago, and we know what kind of he offensive does. ability he has. And there was some doubt as to whether or not he was going to be back, but he's there, and I will tell you this, okay? Obviously, nobody's perfect. Everyone's got areas of their game they're going to work on. I like Norlander's game when he has the puck and when his team has the puck. It's when his team doesn't have the puck. When he's defending, I think the communication could be a little bit improved uh, with his defense partner, maybe using his stick a little bit better in regards to uh, intercepting some plays or stopping some plays, stopping some actions, maybe moving a forward from in front of the net. I think he needs a little bit of help in that regard. But with the puck on his stick, on the power play, in offensive transition, 
very comfortable. Very, yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. And that improvement that we're talking about defensively, and we kind of made the same point about Mayu last time we spoke, it comes with repetition at this level. Like, it will always be the downside to Norlander's game on the defensive end, right? It, can he get better at it? Will he become more of a physical uh, – will he will – he, I should say, will he grow into his body and get a little stronger as he moves along? Yes. Will he get better at defending as he goes through the repetition of defending NHL hockey players? Of course he will. He's he's a hockey player. He's a good hockey player. Um, so we'll see. You know, like one year in Laval that this kid spent last last season was enormous for his development. You're looking at a very different player. You're looking at a player that looks a lot more like the one who showed all the promise before he came over from Sweden uh, and all I love sudden, where you're going with this. Yeah. And you're going to find out why in a second. Okay. Like Continue. you just, you just need, you just need that repetition. Marty always says it, you need those reps and that, those can't be replicated at other levels of hockey. And I, I think yeah. Joe has room to grow into his game. Perfect. So that that offensive game, so that, so that his offensive game isn't canceled out on the defensive end. Let's put it that way. Perfect. Now, he went from Sweden, like you said, to the American Hockey League. He went from a bigger ice rink to a North American size, smaller ice rink, which is the equivalent to the ice rink that you're playing at in the National Hockey League. When I see what the last year did for Norlander in Laval, mm -hmm. and I had this opinion, and maybe my opinion will change, but I still think it would have been a better spot for David Reinbacher. I think that's fine, but at the end of the day, what's Norlander's age? He's older than Reinbacher. I know that. I'm just, yeah. just saying it's not just that he had a year in Laval last year and adapted it's, to the it's North American ice. It's experience, he, yes. He has a year more under his belt. And for people who are excited about Reinbacher, and they should be based on what he showed, by the way, there's, this kid is – his hockey sense is fantastic. His ability to read the play is really good and physically – uh, he's starting in a better place than Norlinder did when he was drafted. Um, but at the same time, like the trajectory is he spends this year in Cloton. Yeah. He comes next year and spends the year in Laval. And then he emerges as a player who's prepared to be a regular NHL defenseman day in, day out without some of the growing pains he might experience if he were here earlier. He's in a great situation where he is in yeah. Switzerland. I get the I get the argument to bring him to Laval right away. Yeah. But I just don't see the rush when he's going to be playing 25 minutes against men in Switzerland, which is an excellent hockey league. So I'll uh, I'll tell you this. It's funny because the Canadians gave up four goals in tonight's hockey game, but yet I really, really liked four of their defensemen. Like a lot. So I like Norlander, and we started with Norlander. But you know what? I liked Kovacevic even more. I thought Kovacevic was fantastic tonight. Fantastic. I mean, first of all, offensively speaking, which is not his game, he scores the goal, which narrows the lead to 4-3. And he had, uh, he, had, he had started the, um, he picked up the assist on the dock goal, which had narrowed the lead to 3-2. So he's in on a goal and an assist. That's the first thing. The other thing is I really like the defense pairing of Jordan Harris and Logan Mayu. And I know a lot of people, and we've talked about it right here on the SICK Podcast, we're talking about at one point it's going to be a numbers game here on defense. And it's not that Jordan Harris is not good. He's very good. But because of the numbers game and because of, you know, um, what others bring or he might end up being the man out, 
tonight, I thought Jordan Harris was the most poised defenseman in the game. I thought he was really. You, when really you say the man out, you mean the man who's eventually you know, who, dangled to make room for other people, or the man who, who's pulled yeah, out of the lineup? Yeah, who might be expendable going forward. Yeah. Look, you know, we we talked about this. It kind of became a clip, and people came after me. So, you know, what do you mean trade Jordan Harris? I'm, I'm not suggesting the Canadians should just trade Jordan Harris. Well, they're going to have to trade somebody at one point. It's a it's a value proposition. If a player is more valuable to your team than he is on the market, you keep the player. But inevitably, as Lane Hudson comes in, as some of the young defensemen mature and grow into NHL roles with the Canadians. Um, you look at where you have kind of an abundance. We saw this happen with Romanov, and a lot of people yeah. would have never expected to see him go when he did. He was emerging as a guy who was going to be a bona fide top four defenseman in the NHL, and he will absolutely be that. Uh, if not in New York this season, then you know, as, as he moves forward with his career, he's just got that strength. But the Canadians had a number of players like Gooley, like yeah. Jack Guy, and even yeah. like Harris coming up that made him a piece that they could dangle to get Kirby Doc. You know and why? That, you know that, why? Because Romanov's X factor was less of an X factor than the other defensemen they had. At the end of the day, what was his X factor? The timing of his hits and the art of hitting, right? His, his ability to take the man out with a hit was his X factor. But now look at all the other X factors. Look at all the other X factors. You can you can be an offensive defenseman. You can be a great defensive defenseman. You can be a great transition defenseman. You can be a great puck carrier. You can be a great shutdown defenseman. So, you know, that's the reason why. By the way, Jack says, Tony, please learn how to pronounce Kovacevic's name. By the way, I'm pronouncing it correctly. That's number one. Number two, uh, there are a lot of people who got back to me and told me that I was pronouncing it correctly. It's just that in North America, people still call Dino Ciccarelli Cicerelli. Well, his name was Ciccarelli, but they yeah. call it Cicerelli because and they we're Americanized still gonna... it, and it's easier. And by the way, his name was Cirella, but they called him Sorella, all right? And so um, Jonathan's last name is Kovacevic. I'll All be right. calling him. I'll be calling him Kovacevic, but That's you're right. right. That is yeah. the way. That is the way his name is supposed to be pronounced. Just like David Reinbacher's name is supposed to be David Reinbacher. That's that's absolutely right. So, but David Jack's, Reinbacher no, is going with the North American pronunciation. We asked him, and I'm sure that clip got out on social media how he wants his name pronounced. And he, correct, I think he just wants it pronounced in the way yeah. that he feels everybody will be able to pronounce it. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm saying you. it correctly. All right. So, Jacks, listen. Here's the deal. Obviously, you got nothing better to do than to pick on me tonight. So what I suggest is you go look in your fridge and you get yourself a carton of eggs. Grab an egg from the carton. If you don't have any, make your way to the grocery store tomorrow and make sure you buy eggs. Instead of frying it, instead of cooking it, why don't you suck on it? All right, okay. So now we got that out of the way. Uh, so I really like the defensive tonight. Are you at all concerned? Are you at all concerned? With Jake Allen, because a lot of people, you like that one, eh? A lot of people <laughs> are talking about Caden Primo. My buddy, Alain Chantelois, Le Baron, the Baron, went on JC's show the other night on TVA Sports and said, 
Primo, he's got to, you know what? It's got to happen somewhere else, another city, another team, and uh, he's not getting better. I want to say something, and I said it tonight before the game. Not that I put a lot of bearing in preseason, but because we're here to talk about and analyze it, don't you think out of Primo, Montembeau, and Allen, Primo has been the less, the least bad of the three? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. I well, think I'm, uh, I'm not asking Jack. I, I, I think he's still I, sucking on that egg. I think. <laughs> I think, all, I think all three of them have been fine. Jake Allen let in a terrible goal to start this game tonight. The way he rebounded was excellent. And uh, if you're worried about the Tavares goal that went in, he was in position to make a wild save and got beat by a changeup. Like that, that's just that just happens. That also happened after Jake Evans's line got stuck on the ice for two minutes, sucking wind in their own zone. I mean, yeah. Look. These three goaltenders, I don't see a great deal of separation between the three of them. I think Montembeau is better than the other two. Um, I think Primo still has a potential future in the NHL. And right now, the way Aiden, I see Aiden it... Aiden Hill wasn't much better than Primo at the same age, by the way. I looked at the stats today. Neither was Sam Montembeau. Like, neither was Alex Lyon. Uh, I mean, you can go through a bunch of different goalies who just it took until 26, 27. Jake Allen before these guys you know like when he really came into his own it was yeah later i'm i'm really i'm not saying that it's guaranteed to happen and i'm not saying that it's an ideal scenario either but the more i think about it the more likely i believe it is the canadians will start this season with three goaltenders on their roster i think I mean, so there's a couple reasons why the the first is obviously primo's contract situation and the waiver situation but the other is that they play one game in Toronto and the rest of their schedule until the 30th of October is being spent in Montreal. Yeah. They don't need to carry an extra defenseman or if they choose not to carry an extra forward, which would surprise me given the numbers game up there, then they can go down that route also. What they aren't likely to do, even if Primo's contract would somewhat make it prohibitive to have him claimed on waivers, I don't think that's a risk they necessarily want to take. Um, because even if uh, he's getting $800,000, whether he plays in the American Hockey League or the NHL this year, and next year it's $1.1 million as a salary. Yeah. Um, I think if he hit waivers, there is a chance that a team would take him, and I think they'll buy themselves some time and see how that situation gets resolved. And I, I'll tell you, it's worth buying themselves that time because I don't see another yeah. goaltender in the organization right now who could step up and fill in from an NHL perspective if somebody gets hurt. And you buy yourself that time at the beginning of the season in case over the next few weeks – Someone does get hurt because mind you, I don't. I don't. Think up, end, I don't think it's the end of the world, Eric. Even if somebody gets hurt, I mean, this team's not a company. No, but you, year, but, but you, but you brought up, but you don't want to not have that. You don't want to have such a great amount of instability at that position. You brought up Aiden Hill a couple minutes ago. Yeah, what great point, the, by the way. Fantastic the, point. Great was he point. The seventh goalie to play for Vegas last year. Like you, you have to be careful about just giving NHL caliber goaltenders away whether or not the fan base in general thinks primo is an nhl caliber goaltender 
I think he has the ability to play at this level, and uh, he hasn't had a lot of support when he has played at this level, but I wouldn't just give him up for free. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't either, and I'm all for a menage a trois. I always have been, and I always will be. <laughs> You're all right tonight, right? eh? Yeah, very good. I feel yeah, good. Right. I feel you know what? That's what a vacation does. You come back and you're feeling really strong. There's only one thing that's missing. Hold on a second. The spray bottle. I think you were good without it, man. I think maybe it might be the reason you're so on fire. Your hair is perfectly placed. It's not the water is not seeping into your brain. It's going well. All right, here we go. I'm back. Thought you were about to go get some eggs. I'm back. No, I, I don't have any eggs because uh uh, I ate them. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm feeling very, very good. What do you think of my pantalons today? You get your protein in, bro. What do you think of the pantalons? I didn't see them. Oh, yeah, those are lovely. I especially like them when you wear them up there. That's a good look for you. You're about to go viral, I think, with what you got going on right now. Oh, my God, Tony. This is uh, Tony. You are unapologetically you. Never this changed. This is uh, not all men can do this, Eric. But I'm very comfortable with my sexuality. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, now nah, I'm all rattled, but uh, yeah, th this this water does a lot of good. All right, okay. Ants sent a message on YouTube Live, and he said, "You know, are they going to miss Primo if he gets picked up? I don't think so. Here's the deal, and I think you said it, and I'm going to say it in another way, okay?" Well, I think they why, will. Why do you? Why? Why would you have to lose him if you don't have to? You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to lose him. Like you said, there's a scenario in place where you can keep him here. You don't have to put him on waivers. And for everyone who says, "Ah, he's not going to pan out to be," they say it takes goalies longer than it takes players at other positions. And there are so many examples that you just talked about of goalies who at Primo's aged were not more advanced. He's a big goalie in an era of big goalies. He's got the bloodline. You know, he's shown that he can play some good games. Yes, he's missing some consistency. Yes, this year could be the moment of truth for him. But why risk losing him if you don't have to? The you whole don't. deal about the you whole the rebuild. Can, you kick the can down the road. You're going to suffer it's, injuries. It's, like. it's, but the whole deal about the whole rebuild is either keeping your prospects or adding as much prospects to your prospect pool and, and just, you know, having depth. And people just want to give players away for the sake of – you want to know who wants to give them away? Get ready for this. Now I told you I'm really on tonight. The French media wants to give them away. You want to know why? Why have another guy there – let Montembeau breathe a little easier. Hey, Montembeau right now is the number one goalie on this team. You said it. I'll say it. Yes. But like you also said, Montembeau a couple of years ago was Caden Primo. And in a couple of years from now, Caden Primo might end up being Montembeau. So I'm not really ready to let him go yet. I'm no longer the president of the fan club. I used to be. I stepped down. But I'm not giving up on this goalie, not just yet. There's a lot of people that I speak to in hockey who aren't giving up on him either. They believe that he has a lot of talent. And from an attitude and professional level, mm -hmm. Caden like Primo, he cares a, a ton about what he's doing. And he is trying very hard to make it to that next level. And I, I just, it's been three years. 
that we haven't seen the Canadians play a good game in front of him preseason or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's been great in certain situations. Obviously, he's been below average in some games that he's played for the Canadians. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see what he could do with a team on a bit of a roll and he steps in there. Like it would be interesting. Anyways, like yeah. I, I don't I bottom line is you 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 don't you gotta manage your assets properly. Yeah. Which brings us kind of to another another guy on this roster right yes, now. Yes, yes. Yeah, who are we going with now? Who are we talking about? Well another guy who could potentially be exposed to waivers and lost for nothing. And that's Yessi Alonen. And I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't seen anything in this camp that would suggest to me that he's on his way to stealing a spot from someone here. I didn't see anything from Heineman either, by the way, and I was high on him going into camp. No. But for me, Heineman and Yelonen, th- that's a missed opportunity, man. Like, opportunities so far, won't happen every day. It's not, o- it's not over yet, but so far it's looking that way because – and and I loved what Heineman brought on Saturday. Like he shot out of the gate, he was skating at a hundred miles an hour, hitting everything in sight. Like it, it kind of when you're a player in this position and the door is open for you to make management make a very difficult decision on a guy who's older, like Yoel Armia. That like I know maybe some people think that Yoel Armia was guaranteed his job and this and that. If management saw one of those two players step up to the point where they were undeniable, then they'd make that hard decision. You know, I think back to Guillaume Latendresse. I understand how Guillaume Latendresse's career ended, but I remember him at 19 years old at Canadians camp. He played his way onto the team, Mm -hmm. scoring goals and smoking every player in his path. Like he just... He would not be denied. And I saw a, a finally a hint of that on Saturday night from Heineman. And he wasn't able to do the same thing tonight on a line with Evans yeah. and Yolanda that unfortunately was really just it wasn't a good line tonight. They I'll tonight, tell you I'll tell you a lot to Andres story in just a second. Not before I put Pierre Lalonde in his place as well, who's mad at me because I told Jax to go suck an egg and he said I lacked class. But yet, Jax can say to me that I'm not pronouncing a name properly when I know I am. All right, let's get and, off of it. And Tell yeah, me your Latendres story. I want to hear P- it. Pierre Lalonde just told me that I have to apologize. So you know what I did? I told Daniello and Sammy to block Pierre Lalonde for the rest of his life. Lifetime suspension for Pierre Lalonde. I'm not going to be dictated. Right. So I fire. saw. So I went to watch a game when the whole Crosby hype was going on and Ramuski, obviously... So um, I was looking for the nearest city so I can go watch Sidney Crosby play again. Back in the day, Guy Boucher was, uh, he was coaching in Ramuski. And, um, and um, you know, I knew Guy pretty well, too. We had a chance to see him tonight, of course, behind the bench of the Toronto Maple Leafs in charge of their power play, which is looking pretty good. And um, so I, I went to watch a game, Ramuski versus Drummondville. And I went there, you know, we're a bus full of people that was working at the radio station at the time. And everyone is, uh, is, uh, is like, you know, pretty excited about Crosby that night, Drummondville beat Ramuski and the best player on the ice. And it wasn't even close was Guillaume Latendres. 
And I was like, oh, my God. Now, Guillaume was a really good hockey player back in junior. He also was a player who was playing, I think, in his last year of junior compared to Crosby, who was playing in his first year of junior as a 16-year-old. That's a big difference there. But, um, yeah, when Guillaume came up with the Montreal Canadiens, the fans really got into it, right? I mean, Canadians fans, if they fall in love with you right away, you remember Mike Ribeiro's first exhibition versus camp as well? They wanted him on the team. And, you know, this is a fan base that starves for offensive talent. And if they see something from a player in preseason, they're going to want that player here right away. But I think what a lot of people have to realize with all due respect to Guillaume, with all due respect to Mike Ribeiro, with all due respect to Alex Galchenyuk, with all due respect to Kakinyemi, they always wanted young players here, is that preseason hockey is preseason hockey. Yes, and, it and, is. And a lot of the veterans, they're in cruise control. They don't want to get but, hurt. But the point stands. When you have a player that has the door open and he decides he's not walking through it, but literally diving headfirst through it, that's not a player you can ignore. And right now, with the opportunity that both these players have had, Heineman and Yelonen, the door has been wide open for them. And neither of them are doing they're they're I wouldn't go as far to suggest that either of them are even walking through it. And and Yelonen, he has excellent hands. He has a really good shot. He has an ability potentially to kill penalties effectively, and he can even be a threat on the power play with that shot that he has. The details in his game and his ability to fill a specific role where he would be slotted in this lineup right now, he just hasn't been able to show he can do that in this camp. I'm not saying he's not that player. He might be that player, but he's not doing it right now, and he's not doing himself any favors. And I'll tell you, I was talking about Caden Primo and the potential of waivers and not wanting to lose him for nothing. I don't think the cons- there would be that much concern about putting Yelonen on waivers and losing him because I don't mm-hmm. think that, A, he would get claimed given the logjam of players who end up on waivers, but, B, unlike Pazetta, who brings... a a kind of unique element that the Canadians require if they don't want to, you know, solely rely on Arbor Jackide to do the heavy lifting and the fighting and all that stuff. Yelonen brings a multitude of things, but doesn't do one thing so specifically well that the Canadians would lose something if he got claimed, Mm -hmm. especially with some of the prospects we see that are coming up through the system, including Heinemann, but you know, also Joshua Roy and some other guys that are going to be in Laval this year, even a Brandon Gignac, who if you put him on the fourth line can use his speed and play a physical brand of hockey and potentially bring something more in that role than what this guy has shown so far. Heinemann, you know, the Canadians, it's almost like they want him to take that next step and push and, and make the team, and they're giving him those opportunities. But... There's got to be a consistency in that effort level, that hunger that we saw on Saturday. And there was nothing timid about his game on Saturday night. It wasn't the case in on Monday in Toronto. You also have, uh, you know, a lot more forwards that are, you know, chomping at the opportunity than you would have goalies at this point. So it would be easier. Having said that, you know, Yelonen's got pretty nice size, got a pretty nice shot. I see tools there. 
There's, just, there's no question it's, he it's has a, tools. It's, it's a question. There's no it, question. It's just he's having a hard time putting all those tools together at the same time, and that's what makes NHLers and sometimes what doesn't. Yeah, and you also have to be able to show that you can play a specific role. He's not going to be on in the top six or even the top nine of this lineup as it's healthy and constructed. So can you check? Can you take care of the details and take care of the puck and get the puck deep and make simple plays instead of trying to make plays that get blocked? And we're not, we're not, we haven't seen that since the beginning of camp. And I know the player has more to give. I know we saw signs of it last year where he showed very well with the Canadians and, and given opportunity. It's not there right now. So yeah. if you think the Canadians are better off with one of those two guys instead of Armia and Pizzetta starting mm-hmm. on the fourth line with Jake Evans, yeah. I think you're mistaken. I, I don't think it's there right now. If that changes over the next eight days, though, yeah, then we'll have something to talk about because camp's not over. Yeah. So earlier this evening, once again, I was uh, I was on with uh, GC and, and TVA Sports. And, and by the way, um, I started uh, collaborating on Jean Charles' television show last year, and um, they had me doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night at 5.30 p.m., and they had me doing that for the start of this year as well. And earlier this evening, they asked me if I could add Friday nights as well. So I accepted. I said yes. And now I'm going to be going five days a week on television. All right. So Monday to Friday at 5.30 p.m. Are you going to be driving that, are you going to be driving that Vespa in the snow or what? Are you going to be a uh, real Montrealer? Uh, in the snow? No, I doubt it. Come I on. It. It's uh, already. No, in, in this. Look, I, I doubt it. I don't Put know. Maybe we'll on those tires. Let's go. We'll we'll see when we get there. All right. Okay. Uh, so anyway, just to say, he and I had a discussion tonight. And for him, the first three lines are already signed, sealed, and delivered. And I agreed with him. But we have different lines. So before I tell you his, and I tell you mine, why don't you tell me yours, and then we'll see if yours matches either his or mine. Well, I'm, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm hedging, but I'm not, because I actually believe that there's going to be a lot of interchanging parts in those top nine. I said the same top. thing. Like I, I really think it's going to change from game to game. I said the same thing. I think Caulfield and Suzuki are going to start the season um, with Monahan. With Monahan, I think Josh Anderson, Kirby Doc, and Slavkovsky. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, Ooh. no, I I think we could see Harvey Pinard with with Doc and Slavkovsky, and we could see Newhook with Anderson and. See that's that's what he said, and uh, who am I missing here? <laughs> Gallagher, Pearson. Uh, see, I don't know. I like. So I, I don't is, know. And honestly, yeah, I don't know if Marty has it written down in ink. And perfect. So this is what I, I said. Really to, don't know. This is what I said to Jean Charles. First of all, we both agreed that we saw Suzuki with Monahan on his right and Caulfield on his left. Jean Charles saw Doc with Slavkowski on his right and RHP on his left. And then he saw Newhook with Anderson on his right and Pearson on his left. 
I said this to Jean-Charles. So Jean-Charles, I see Suzuki, Monaghan, and Caulfield. But I see the second lines and the third lines interchanging. I see Doc at center, and I see Newhook at center. But I see Doc with Slavkovsky and Anderson at times. And at times, I see Doc with Slav and RHP. And then at other times, I see Newhook with Anderson and Gallagher. And at other times, I'm going to see Newhook with Gallagher and RHP. So basically, I see RHP and Josh Anderson taking turns playing with Doc. And I'm, I'm going to throw in. I'm going to throw in a variable here because honestly, he's just throwing in a variable. I think Alex Newhook. I, I'm going to change my answer. I think Alex Newhook is going to start the season with Caulfield and Suzuki. Wow. And 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 that was my original idea before camp started. And I think it's being confirmed in my head. And my answer could change eight days from now. Well, you it could be probably, right because probably will. really good at center tonight. But I'll, that's that's what kind of confirmed it to me. Like he is so good at center, and as a third line center who at five on five will play a little bit less so they can preserve him a little bit more and taking key face-offs and taking some of the heat off Suzuki and Doc and taking some of the heat off Evans as well in the defensive zone. I, I Like, that guy, to me, almost needs to be in the middle. And I, I from what we saw of Newhook with Caulfield and Suzuki, the skill level between the three of them is 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 really, really high. The big question about Newhook that I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of Canadians fans had resolved in their minds before he came over here was like, how are the details in his game? And is there an edge to it? And can he play physical? And can he yeah. dig box out? And yeah, I th- that has been the most impressive part of his camp for me. He, he has details in his game. All that time spent outside of the top six in Colorado and still remaining in their lineup forced him to inject some of those details that would enable him to play those roles. And I'll tell you something. Yes, he's not a physical threat like Anderson and he's not, he doesn't have the size of Slavkovsky, but watching him track back on pucks and get pucks turned over through the neutral zone and going back and transition the other way. And his, his brain to be able to complete the skill of those two players and his skill. Yeah. It, that in combination with seeing Monaghan in the middle and what he can do there. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with my original prediction that Newhook will be with with, Gall- with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki, and Monahan will be up the middle of the third line. So when I saw Monahan look as good as he did tonight at the center ice position, I was like, man, Marty St. Louis is going to be tempted to play this guy at center because Monahan makes hockey look easy. These are my like, three lines. Tony, these are my three lines. I got Caulfield, Suzuki, and Newhook. Yeah. I have Slavkovsky with Doc and Anderson. And yeah. I have Monaghan with Gallagher and Harvey Pinard. That's okay. those are my three lines. Perfect. I got it jotted down. And you know, I it wouldn't surprise me if we see everything. I'm I'm sure that at one point I'm gonna disagree with you on Newhook on the top line. I'm gonna tell you why in just a second. But I know that we'll see Newhook on the top line this year. Like I just we're gonna I, see iterations it, of all these, li- these we're, lines. We're gonna are we're all gonna see out. everybody. I, you know, I bet you that even you know, if it's one shift or one period or one game. Tanner Pearson will end up playing on, on a line with Suzuki and Caulfield this year. Okay. Like everyone's going to play with everyone. Okay. Having said that new hooks, a new player on this team. Have they been together enough during preseason for Marty St. Louis to start the season and say, okay, guys, you guys are playing together. 
Yeah, no. it's a shame. It's a shame he's hurt right now. Yeah, honestly, no, that's, he was having a really, really, as far as first impressions go. Yeah, his his is a very strong one here in Montreal so far. Yeah, and before Monahan got hurt last year, he spent a lot of time with Suzuki and Caulfield, so they know each other. Like the back. Someone someone asked me a question for my mailbag, which I answered today, and uh, they want to know if Caulfield will spend some time next to Doc this season. And I think there will be times where Martin St. Louis is going to have to separate these guys and give Kirby Doc a player that can score to, at that level. And yeah. I'll tell you, the, when you want, you know, yeah. how Marty, Marty always says, yeah, um, I don't know how long it's going to take it, but at some point there's going to be a, a switch that flips where, where the wins start to become the byproduct of the process. Yes. It's going to happen for them when they have, and I'm I not, think he called it a patient aggressive for, or something forget, like that. Forget about Madfei Mitchkov or whatever it is. When they have someone who can score nearly on Caulfield's level playing with Doc, that's when you're going to see a big change in this yeah. team. I still would have drafted Mitchkov, by the way. <laughs> really? I think Reinbacher, uh, if there was one thing that Reinbacher showed at this Canadian's training camp, yeah he's going to be a hell of a player. And like, you could take my word for it. I mean, yeah. I, I speak to tons of scouts. No, I know you do. Executives in the game. Mitch has been dominating and they were, the they were, He's they're, been dominating they're, the KHL for the last three weeks, by the way. But yeah, those okay. who are haters don't talk about it because nice it was easier him. to talk about when he wasn't he's, playing well. He's, he's playing now. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, no, like, honestly, I had a few scouts tell me, like, watching him play, they were blown away with his skating and his smarts. Like... I think he's going to be a really good player, Ryan Barker. Oh, I'm sure he will. I just, I, you know, I, but yeah, I, I like offense. The you know, point I'm remains. Just, I'm, I'm yeah, the point remains. Guy. I've always been that guy. No, I like, I just, like Lafleur, and then the next. Just said the, the next minute they have player, another guy. The yeah, they have another guy that can bury the puck nearly on the level that Cole Caulfield can. This whole thing changes. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you who my favorite players were, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, today, that played for the Montreal Canadiens, okay? And you'll understand my whole reasoning on Michkov right away, okay? Guy I'm, li I'm listening, and I'm grabbing a glass of water at the same time. No problem. Guy Lafleur, later Mats Nasland, later Stéphane Richer, later Alex Kovalev, and now Cole Caulfield. You know, like, those... You know, were my favorite players. Uh, P.K. Subban at one point was one of my favorite players too, but he was an offensive defenseman. I like attack. Everything I do is on the attack. Uh, my honeymoon, I was on the attack. On my dates, I was on the attack. On my shows, I'm on the attack. On uh, my last vacation, I tried to go on the attack, but uh, my wife is uh, always pretty much on the defense. And that's another story for another day. Let's get out of it. All right, okay. Hey, was it your girlfriend's birthday today? Or was it, was, it yesterday? Yeah. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, it was Emily's birthday. Yeah, you special. have uh, you have done time. extremely well uh, for yourself in life, uh, whether it's uh, professionally or uh, personally. I have to tell you, after seeing that uh, quick uh, picture on Facebook there, um, you, my friend, are going to win the life. I, I think you're going to win the Lifetime Overachievement Award is what I think is going to happen. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. So all the best to Emily. She's got a good deal, too. Wishing her, uh, no, no, you're, uh, you're, you're a good catch too. Listen, but uh, he's the best, by the way. Oh, good, I'm happy to hear that. What are you, uh, what are you doing on the podcast with me? If it's Emily's birthday, like, is this, is this stuff going to get you in trouble or what? 
No? We have an arrangement. Oh, okay. It's going to stay between us. I got it. All right. Uh, I think I know what it is. You vow to try and make as much money as possible so you, you wanna, guys can spend it together and live a better life. You want to know the truth, Tony? T- tell me. She's a huge fan of yours. She asked if I had the podcast tonight, and she said, Eric, you got you can't let Tony down. You got you to be there for him. Tell me you're serious. She loves you. Really? She loves you. Tell me the truth. Are you lying to me now? I'm, 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 I'm a little jealous, to be honest wow. with you, how much she likes you. Wow. I really, really love her now. Emily, <laughs> I love you. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you something about Kirby Doc. Mm. When the Chicago Blackhawks drafted him third overall, they drafted him hoping that he was going to be a franchise player in the National Hockey League. Sure looked like it when they drafted him, by the way. Yeah, that's well, that's usually when you're drafting top three, you're hoping that you're getting a franchise player, right? Eric, this guy's game keeps getting better and better all the time. At times tonight, and they were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have some world-class players, I found that Kirby Doc was, I'm not going to say toying, because that's a strong word. He was having fun out there. Like, it's this, this, he's not intimidated by who he's going up against, because I think that when he's on, he feels like he can play with anybody. I'm kind of laughing, because honestly... That was Kirby Doc's B game tonight. Well, you know I, think what? People might, I think people might look at me saying that and be like, "You're crazy! He was so good." That was his B game, and he I'm, still made it. He still made a significant difference in the game. I'm so, seeing some Bobby Smith in him, man. And that is that's the that is the change and the development that's happened with this player. That he can play his B game and still have a, a major impact, and that's why I say, when you get another guy on this team that can put the puck in. Uh, nearly on not on the same level, but nearly on the same level as Cole Caulfield, and you have Suzuki playing with one and Doc playing with the other, and that player might be in the organization already. Yeah. I know people want to say, "Oh, they don't have elite talent and this and that." It takes time to develop. People who are looking at Slavkovsky and saying he'll never be that player, well, people said that about Kirby Doc in his first year in Chicago. Yeah, after that yeah. but. When it happens, and it's going to happen because if it doesn't happen organically through the draft or it doesn't mm-hmm. happen through the development of some of these players like a Slavkovsky or whoever else it might be, Joshua Wa, mm-hmm. or take your pick, whoever, they have an abundance of talented, quality, NHL-capable defensemen on the way, some of them high impact, some of them already on the roster. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to take to procure one of those players that makes the difference and flips this thing over. And I'm it's it's going to happen because Doc is that good. He's that good. Somebody yeah, asked me if he'll good. score 70 points this year. And I, I tell you right now, without hesitation, does he have the ability to do that right now based on where he's at in his progression? Yes. Can he do it with the players he'll be playing with this year? I don't think so. Unless... Something changes, and Caulfield is on his wing for the entire season. He's not going to hit that number. But that is not to say that he's not prepared to do that. He is ready to do that, and he's going to make whoever he plays with better this year. There's no question. All right, okay. Um, uh, did we, uh, did we, is there something that we should be getting to that we didn't get to? 
Um, surprised that you haven't seen thus far a scrap with uh, Jack Guy Reeves uh, in preseason. Canadians' next preseason game, by the way, is going to be Saturday night in Ottawa. It's going to be the sixth of sixth. It's going to be the last one, and then they will open up their season uh, nine days from now on Wednesday, October 11, in Toronto versus the Leafs before coming back home and uh, and playing host to Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, surprised you didn't see any tilts? Jack Guy, Reeves, anything like that? No? No. Happy we didn't, to be honest with you. At one point, somebody got a hit. Yeah, Mayo. Yeah, Mayo, that's right. Mayo got, got a hit. And um, Anderson I, went out. A- Anderson went at Lilgren, and so did Mayo. Yeah. But there was no opportunity to drop the gloves there. Jack Guy ended up on the ice, or he was on the ice, and Reeves came on a little bit later in the shift you know you talk about not really wanting to see jack i chuck knuckles in a very meaningless kind of situation and this takes the cake i don't know how many fighting majors ryan reeves has through the preseason so far but if it's zero then he's a pretty smart guy they're gonna you know what it's gonna happen on opening night of the season it'll happen whether it's, it's gonna opening happen. night or it's gonna, they're going to play four times this year. And yeah, I just have a feeling it's going to happen. happen opening night of the season, and I hope that Jack guy doesn't get hurt because obviously we saw the last fight he was in, he got hurt, and he was up for the rest of the season versus Vinny Dare. I think Jack guy got hurt before that fight. Uh, you're probably right. Okay, so now, uh, Mayu, uh, and we'll probably end it here uh, or you know maybe one or two more points. But Mayu tonight, Mayu looked like he looked like the NHL isn't far away, man. There's and, so you know, many elements of his game that make him look like an NHL player, which tells you one thing. Just looks like that, he belongs, you know? Yeah, and maybe not right off the hop, and maybe there are elements of his game that need too much development for him to be starting in the NHL. Uh, like, if you had to bet money on him playing in the league and even getting some games in this year I think you'd be doing that pretty comfortably like he's going to be an NHL player it's a matter of time give him as much time as he needs give him as much experience as he needs again reps at this level will take him to another level and the issues in his game are going to get better, but they're still always going to be there, and you're going to have to accept them for the other elements that he brings, just like Norlander, just like any young offensive defenseman, just like Lane Hudson will be faced with the same issue. And yes, his decision-making is a lot better uh, already at this at, 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 at this juncture. But these players are always going to have defensive liability written on them And that's something that you accept for what they bring at the other end of the ice and hope that they improve it so that it's less of a liability and it doesn't cancel out what they do at the other end of the ice. When Logan Mayo gets to a point where what he does defensively doesn't cancel out what he does offensively, he's going to be an NHL player and a really good one. He's he's not fireman. He's really. I mean, really, a few weeks ago, you were saying there's no chance he's playing here. Uh, no, I, I, now, I, I, I said I said there's no chance that he's going to start the season in Montreal. Okay. And I still don't think that he will. If I had to bet, I would I would bet. But you know what? If he would, 
it wouldn't be crazy. Like, I, I don't know if Arbor Jackeye was a better defenseman than Logan Mayu when Jackeye made the Canadians a year ago. Uh, I still don't think he will, but we'll see him this year. Like you said, when you said that, we'll see him this year at one point. I agreed with that, but I said there's no chance he starts because he's not ready. But at the end of the day, and I don't believe in skipping steps, and another big reason why I don't think he will is because he had missed like a, a year of hockey. In Can I tell hockey. you where we should really end here? Because the real battles in camp going on right now are on this fourth line. And I got to say, based on yeah. what we saw tonight, Pearson. everyone is obsessed with the top nine and everyone disregards the fourth line. Fourth lines on hockey teams are very important in today's NHL. Well, Evans is going to center it and Pearson's going to be another winger on that line whatever it's going to be, it's got to be 10 times better than what we saw tonight. And I don't know. I don't know if the Canadians have a, like there's got to be an identity to that line. And there's only one preseason game left to kind of start honing it and building it. Like this could be an issue for this team because that line tonight was so badly outplayed. Yeah, but those guys are by, by the fourth line of Toronto. Yeah. So Evans, Pearson, and Pizzetta. And uh and yeah. when it's not, it's gonna be Evans, Pearson, and uh and uh, Armia. Yeah. If you look at those combinations, I think you have more of an identity with Pearson and Pizzetta. I think you have a, a, a like an actual grind line there. Yeah. Not the grind line, but It'll be an energy line, but I think, I think Pizzetto will be the 13th forward on the team, and it's I think uh, he's going to alternate with... Uh... If that's the way we see it, and, and we agree based on what we've seen so far, that's, that's the big story of this camp. The two guys had an unbelievable opportunity here to really push through. They got eight days left to change that narrative, because right now... That's what it's going to be. I think two guys will lose that spot in the next couple of years here or in the next year. Evans will end up losing a spot, I think. Um, maybe Dolan Beck. Uh, not this year, obviously. Uh, and, um, and uh, I mean, Armia's contract is just its killing the Canadians. I, I'm not going to say anything about Brendan Gallagher uh, right now because let's, you know, let's let's not end it on that note. But honestly, if they end up going with what I said, if it, if it ends up being Monaghan, Gallagher, and Harvey Pinard on a line together, I think you're going to see an effective line. I really do. Brendan's got to have to have more legs than what we've seen yeah. this far in preseason, okay. though. Yep. Yep. How old is Brendan? He's 32. Yep. It's preseason. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I. I understand you're, that. You're right. He's definitely going to have to show we're, a lot we're, better. We're, we're giving Brendan a lot of benefits of the doubts over the last yeah, yeah. couple of years because yeah, yeah, uh, but, he's Brendan. But, but you know, uh, Grant McCagg sent out a tweet the other night, and he said, uh, I've defended Brendan Gallagher a lot, and I keep on saying I believe in him. But, you know, his camp has been it's been a little bit laborious. Um couple of ankle injuries last year. Definitely didn't help. No. But um, – I'll stand you, by. I'll stand by that. I think if you see a line of Gallagher, Harvey, Pinard, and uh, and Monahan, yeah, I think that'll be an effective line. I think Harvey Pinard will be good for Brendan Gallagher because it's going to be some youthful enthusiasm, and it will revitalize him. If you if, if you have to pick one guy, 
Yeah. If you were to, if you were to pick one guy who's going to yeah. be all over this lineup this year, like on every line, would Harvey Pinard not be that guy? Josh Anderson. Yeah, I think Harvey Pinard is going to be everywhere here. Think about it. Josh Anderson will play with Suzuki and Caulfield. Josh Anderson will play with Doc and Slavkovsky, or he'll play with Doc and Harvey Pinard. Josh Anderson will play with Newhook on a third line. If Newhook's not going to be on that line, it's going to be Monaghan. Um, where you might get me is I don't think Josh Anderson's ever going to play a game on the fourth line, and Raphael Harvey Pinard will at one point. But, you know, I think Josh... Monaghan, too, is going to be tra- traveling up and down this lineup. Yeah. So, but we'll you know see. what? When when you are a rebuilding team that's ready to turn the corner but not there yet, you can do this stuff. You know what I mean? You don't have to, you know, you don't have to have everyone with stable line mates and all that stuff. You're gonna well, sleep. Well. You're gonna sleep well tonight. You were on fire tonight. Uh, I, I yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep today because I got to bed at around two o'clock in the morning, and I think I woke up at like six thirty or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to bed now, I think. Or I might just hit the spa. Either way, once again, a very, very happy birthday to Emily. And I thank her uh, for making you available for the last hour because it was a lot of fun. And guess what? Between YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter live, uh, there are about um, over a 1,000 people that would agree. Thank you. Have a good night. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Eric Engels of Sportsnet at Sportsnet.ca. For all of you watching, I thank you very much. And uh, by the way, I want to talk to you about Big V Live Productions.ca. What is it? In association with Nukedite. They're happy to present the wise guys of comedy. Saturday, October 7th at 8 p.m. at Salle des Ilets. Collège Marie-Victorin, 7000 Rue Marie-Victorin in Montreal. Quebec, Mike Marino is bringing his welcome to the family world tour to Montreal with special guest Angela Majorano Thurston from Toronto and Montreal's very own Franco Tadeo is the MC and Vincent Soumarin, Montreal North food truck will be serving some hot, delicious pizza before the show. And of course, part of the proceeds will be going towards uh, the SMA Foundation. Come grab a bite and have a few laughs. It will be a fun-filling evening. Tickets can be purchased online at bigvliveproductions.ca. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to share this story, but heck, you know what? I'm going to just do it anyway, and hopefully he doesn't get upset. But uh, while I was in Florida, I I, I got a call. And um, I got a call from reception. And, uh, And the receptionist said, there's a gentleman who just called for you. And, uh, you know, she gave me his name and, um, she said, you know what? He, um, he says that he listens to your show. He watches your podcast and she says that, uh, he'd like to meet you. So if you're, you know, you know, if you want, here's his number and, uh, give him a call and, uh, you know, so I gave him a call. I, I gave him a call and um, we got together yesterday. Uh, went to the uh, to the bakery for a little bit and we spent about a good two hours together. 
uh, talking about uh, the radio world, talking about the TV world, talking about sports media, talking about the Montreal Canadiens, talking about podcasting, talking about the sick podcast and all that, that like all that stuff. So, Mike Jusko, it was a pleasure to meet you yesterday in Florida, and thanks so much for supporting the show. Um, and uh, I've always said this: if you're going to reach out, uh, if I get your message. And uh, I'll try and I'll my very best to make time to meet you. And I'm really happy that I sat down with um, with uh, Mike yesterday. And uh, we had a great chat. It was really, really great meeting him. So for all of you who are watching right now, um, all of you um, on Twitter and on YouTube and on Facebook, uh, if you like the show, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, like it, share it with your friends. And if you're going to listen to it on Apple, leave us a five-star review if you can. It's our way of feeling the love. So for all of you watching, thanks so much. I think we had a good one tonight. I look forward to being back tomorrow night, same time, same place. By the way, tomorrow night, a brand-new collaborator will make their debut on the Sick Podcast. Who is it? He's a former Montreal Canadian. Maxime Lapierre of La Poche Bleue will join me tomorrow night on the sick podcast. And by the way, Maxim will join me for most of the season on Tuesday nights. And the Montreal Canadians play most of their regular season games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Max Lapierre will be a pretty much a full-time collaborator on Tuesday nights, right after the game. Maxim Lapierre of La Poche Bleu is going to be one of our brand new collaborators this season By the way, we've also added another one. We should have saved this for social media, but I'm going to tell you right now, Craig Button will also be joining us on the Sick Podcast from time to time. The Sick Podcast is going to be revamped this year. We're going to take it another step. We're going to take it another step with our collaborators. We're going to take it another step with our show. We're going to take it another step with our segments. And yes, we might even take it another step with the way uh, our podcast studio is going to look. I look forward to doing this every night. I love my job. I love all of you. Thanks for watching. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I am taking the Sick Podcast to another level this year. I promise you. I will bring passion, and I will bring energy. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.